Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. Hey guys, it's Alana. And Jonah. And welcome back for another episode of... Seeing Other People. Seeing Other People. Oops, oops, oops. I did it again. If 10,000 hours is what they say it is to be an expert... Have you studied and spoken about dating for almost 10,000 hours? Are we, are we almost there yet? I think we definitely are. So, I mean, let me actually, we could, actually we could crunch there. the, we could do, well, we could, because <laughs> you had your job at Hinge, I guess we could easily crunch the numbers on the podcast, but we're not even close to 10,000 hours. Let's see. But you have see. years at Hinge, so maybe you are, maybe you are personally close. Well, okay. It seems like... You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. You, you keep talking for a minute. I'll, I'll work through this. So I bet you uh, probably knew or didn't know that June 20th is Father's Day. What better gift to get the father in your life uh, than Mindset Wellness CBD gummies, uh, which, of course, you guys know how much I love the rest gummies. Shout out ASMR. Uh, these things are amazing. They taste unreal. They taste like summer. They make you vibe out, chill out. Great for the dads. Again, any sort of father figure in your life. We have a code for you guys. Seeing other people um, gets you 10% off and free shipping. It's a great, just easy gift. And it's also just a great thing for you to have uh, if you're you know, uh, a person who wants to maybe fall asleep better or focus more on your work. They have different types of mindsets that you can buy. It's always funny because people say, do you guys actually eat this stuff? And I'll show you my emails. I can't actually, but I would. Where I emailed John and Renee, the two founders who were on our episode uh, maybe four or five weeks ago. I said, guys, I ran out of the rest. I need some more. And they sent it to me. And actually, yeah. So it's all real. We take this stuff and it's tough. Funny because a lot of I go out and I am like talking about how I go to sleep super early and wake up super early. And they're like, people are like, how do you do? I go, this, these gummies I take. And they're like, oh, you're really going to give me the ad. You're going to advertise me right now. I'm like, no, I'm just being real. It just infiltrates your life. So it's a great gift for Father's Day. It's a great uh, just product from a great company with awesome people, and they're awesome sponsors. So go ahead and support them. Seeing other people, 10% off with free shipping, mindsetwellnesscbd.com. Back to the episode. There are about 2,080 work hours in a year, and that's going off of a 40-hour work week, which I don't think I've ever worked a 40-hour work week. Uh, but let's say it's going off of that. I was at Hinge for uh, two-plus years. Um, not two and a half, not two, somewhere in between. So we're going to put that at around, um, like 4,500 hours of working hours going off of that 40 hour week. Plus I've been dating like post-grad for five years now. 
So those hours of me going on dates, me talking to friends about dates, um, the podcast, me doing research, me talking to listeners, I think we're there. Fantastic. Everyone, you hear it here now. Alana is a dating expert. Dun, dun, dun. Get it? Alana, done. Finger guns. Uh, yeah, I do. I do get it. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm going to read the first question because it says, do men. So I guess here we go. It starts. Do men know they want to only date casually or always open to relationship with the right person? Wait. Do men know that they want to date casually? Or always open to relationship with the right person? Or are they always open to the yeah. relationship with their copy? These, these are question box questions. So sometimes you got to cut out a few words to make them fit. Yeah. That, yeah. Good point. So do men know they do men know they only want to date casually or are always open to relationship with the right person? Um, I can't speak for all men, but... You're not all men? No. Or people who identify oh. as men. I will say that Sometimes people know what they want. People always know what they want, but we don't always communicate what we want. Therefore, maybe a guy in general wants to casually date, therefore does things like that, but doesn't say that what he's looking for is casual until perhaps it's too late. You're, you know, six dates in and the person's like, well, why aren't we together? That's where I think that question might elude. Is that kind of, Alana, are you getting that same energy maybe? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. But I guess my pushback to you is, is you, so did you just say that men do, like they do know what they want? I Even think like they don't communicate internally, it? I think really? internally, well, not knowing what you want still is knowing what you want. You don't know what you want. What? Like not knowing what you want in my eyes, is still an answer. You know that you don't know what you want. That is what I'm saying. Okay. You know okay. that the, the answer is uncertain. It's kind of like, you know, when Google invites ask you to say yes, no, maybe, you're hitting the maybe box. You still hit a box. Yeah. You didn't I, not accept the invite. You know, you didn't, or sorry, you didn't ignore the invite. Do you ever wish... And I don't know if people ever actually do this in real life or if it's just something that happens in movies. But you know that scene where it's like the kindergartner or like the second grader and they pass the note to someone else like, do you like me or will you be my girlfriend? And their box is like, yes, no. Yes. Oh, I, do that like, yeah. I wish. I wish we could just do that. I bet. I, I mean, why not? People still definitely do like fun little cute note things like that um, for the right you know, like date, date kind of card environment. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like this goes back to, I forget who were we talking to when we were like, Oh my God, what episode was this? Like if, imagine if everyone could just come to the date with their little like textbook of like them, like what they want, what they're like, but like all the things about them, like what ticks them off, what excites them. Like that would just be, I think, great. I, and I know like oh Jared Freed yes Fried. yeah yes thank you yeah um yeah I don't know where I'm going with this but I just think that regardless of whether or not someone knows what they want yeah it's just it's it go, I'll go back goes back to communication yeah, exactly always open to relationship with the right person I think I do think people are always open to relationship with the right person when the right person comes their way except yeah. 
for like a small percentage of people who are truly, for whatever odd reason, unavailable to be in a relationship. That's true. For some reason, external reason. Yeah. Okay. Good question. Okay. So this is uh, more of a general topic or I guess like tips on how to, but it says closing the door once and for all in your mind. And I think the unfortunate, and I know Jonah wants to get rid of the word unfortunately in the dictionary, but the unfortunate truth (laughs) is that there is no way to just decide I'm closing the door. It's a process and it takes time and it takes pain and it takes feeling all of the feelings and there is no way to just flick that switch. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, and I, I think the, perhaps the misconception is much like anything in life, it doesn't just happen overnight, but you can close the door. It's going to close slowly, but you need to follow the closing door steps, which yes. again, I'm not the expert you are, but Canon as of today, Closing the door on, let's just say, a past relationship means blocking them on all social medias and not talking to them for six months. That's what it means. It's as simple as that. But of course, an execution is a lot harder. You know. Yeah, it's it's easier said than done. And yeah, and yeah, I, I like what you said about it. It's deciding that you're going to close the door and going through the process and the steps of that. So whether it's like deciding that you're going to start like trying to date other people to start putting yourself back out there or just like accepting the fact that it's not going to happen. Like even accepting that this is no longer a possibility or something that you are going to try for, like accepting that is hard and that's a, a step in itself. And then also like letting yourself be upset for a while, letting yourself feel the impact and the loss and the pain of that is also part of it. So yeah, I think, I think we're both on the same page here where you just, you have to decide and then you have to go through the motions and there's no easy way to do it, but you have to just do it. Agreed. When do you decide to delete the dating app? If you're only texting with the person, I wouldn't delete the dating app off the, again, without having the full story, the general consensus of seeing other people canon would advise you that if you've never met the person, um, one, are they real? And then two, uh, if they are real, are you guys have a plan to meet? Um, or are you okay with a virtual rela- relationship? And then three, you're welcome to delete the app if it's overwhelming, but Deleting the app is typically a sign of like, oh, I found my person, mm-hmm. at least for now. Um, and if you never met them, do you really know them? Right. Yeah, I would I would hold off until you are really like in person and, and feeling that connection for real. Unless what the other way to, I guess, view this question is like, when do you decide to delete the app if like you're seeing the person and you're texting them not on the app? Do you think that could be an angle of this question? In general, yeah. In general, delete the app when you are sure that you like you're confident that like you see this going somewhere, or you at least want to see it going somewhere with someone. Like you want to see it through. I think that's the key of like whether or not you have said you're exclusive or like address that you're both on the same page of like wanting something serious and exploring that with each other. I think 
at least for me, when I decided that I wanted to see things through and give a real like 110% shot to how like things with someone, that's when I deleted the app. And that was a really big step for me. And that was like really, I think, I think realizing that and deciding to do it was like huge. And that put me in the mindset of like, okay, yes, I am really trying to make this work. Cool. Yeah, agree. Cool. Ideas for COVID safe way to meet people not on dating apps. Mm. COVID you know, safe way. Honestly, I will say last summer, there were a lot of people hanging out in parks and my friends and I would go sit in a park like somewhere in Central Park if you're in New York or um, Prospect Park if you're in Brooklyn or any other park if you're in any other part of the planet that we are on. And mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's kind of sitting in their own little clusters, but like some people are playing sports and people are like walking around and, and drinking and hanging with friends. And I think it's totally fine um, if you're like in your mask and you like go up to a group of people and like just strike up a conversation about whatever's going on um, or like ask if you can borrow whatever like football they're playing with or something. If, and, and we, my friends and I did that and it actually worked and we like made new friends out of it who mm-hmm. we like thought we wanted to date up for a bit, but then like went on dates with them. Um, another thing I think is as people are like vaccinated, I think this spring and summer, there'll be a lot of like group hangs on rooftops or in parks or at restaurants or bars. And those will be with like friends of friends. So I think it's always good to inquire within those friends of friends and see like, Oh, like is someone bringing someone that's single? And, and that point, like that's when you know that like all those people are probably vaccinated and on the same page about COVID as you are, since you're hanging out in this like small to medium sized group. And um, I think you can definitely shoot your shot there. You have to remember that people also, when you ask like how people meet, you know, especially from older generations, it's always like an obscure random scene or moment or event. And if you were to reverse engineer a majority of meet cutes from marriages between like the 80s, 90s, 50s and 60s, whatever, then it is to say that traditional things that you might suggest for COVID dates or meeting people isn't like the idea is a mindset. If you like leave your house and you're open to meeting new people, you could be in line at Starbucks holding the door open for someone. You could just be watching the Amazon delivery truck driver like try to get a TV out of the truck and next thing you know you're helping them with that. Mm-hmm. It's just a mindset of being friendly, being open and like uh, trying to engage in conversations with people. It's like these micro moments that exist. Are granted I think maybe living in New York it's a lot easier to have those moments, but I would say that is the biggest and most important thing you should do. I really love that. You know, that reminds me like sort of of how my parents met, not entirely because they were at an event, um, but they were at like a a charity fundraiser event. And um, my dad just saw my mom like sitting down alone and he went up to her and was like, and asked her to dance. Nice. And here I am 26 and a half years later. That's a great story. So go be charitable is what, what we're saying. You want to meet someone? Donate to charity. <laughs> it's true. All right. Next one. How do you tell your ex you think you should give it another chance? You don't. I'm kidding. But proceed with caution. 
Alana's like freaking out. Um, I don't, how do you tell you things you don't have a chance? I don't think you probably shouldn't unless, but we also don't know enough information here to give that advice. General consensus would say that giving it another chance with your ex won't end well. However, if you are going to and you want to know how to, um, first, I would just say that make sure that like any reasons that you broke up or any reasons that it didn't work out, like, there have to have been changes made in both people, people's character and lifestyle. So hmm. if those things are have changed for the better and um, you are confident that you think giving it another try is, is worth it, I would say, I mean, I don't know if you've talked or not, but re, I would say reach out to them and just say you want to catch up. And, and then when you are catching up, just see how it's going and, and say, like, I, I've been thinking about you and I've been thinking a lot. And I... Like if both of our feelings are still there and our situation has now become like better as, as individual people. And I think we could be in a better place to really try this again and give it another shot if we're both fully willing to and willing to communicate to make it work. Yeah. That's so that's, that's a lot of good advice. Yeah. But be cautious. Yeah. Don't do it. (laughs) What to do if he gets sad every time I choose my friends over him? Not intentionally guilty. Not intentionally guilty. Not intentionally, but she feels guilty. Not intentionally, but feel guilty. Copy. What to do if he gets sad every time I choose my friends over him? Mm, that's hard. Um, I would just, I mean, I would make sure that you're being really open about the fact that like if you're hanging out with your friends it doesn't mean that you're not thinking of him or wanting to hang out with him and um i would make sure that like you are balancing your time between the two and maybe you just have like a check in every week at, and be like let's plan to hang out on like these two nights i think i'm going to spend like these other two nights with my friends but i want to make sure that like we have our time you know, so I think I think it's just about like communicating about the, the balance and the split and making sure that he feels like he is getting enough of you. And to, you could ask him, why are you sad when I hang out with my friends? And then you can get an answer and he can mm-hmm. say, I'm sad because I don't see you enough. And then that could, Alana would just Alana just described could be your solution. But he could also say something to the effect of I want to come with and then yeah. you're going to start inviting him. But simply asking why. Are you sad? And then he might also say it out loud and it might sound stupid. He's like, wait, I'm not sad. You know, yeah. you're right. Like, I'm fine. So just, I would say, why? People just yeah. over communicate. Assume no one knows anything about anything, about anyone. And, and, and use communication as a way to just really understand the situation. Yeah. I also think going off of that, I think it's like, like ask him why, but also at, like you're asking us what to do if he gets sad every time ask him what to do like and and be like i'm not going to not see my friends ever because that wouldn't be healthy but when i do see my friends like how can i better still support you and reassure you that like you're you're also my priority yeah yeah hey 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 so time for a friendly reminder that father's day is coming up on june 20th And, oh, you probably didn't know that was happening, so you probably have not started to prepare. Don't worry, we have you covered. Hopefully by now you've heard us talk about our sponsor, Mindset Wellness CBD. Not only are they amazing because they're our sponsor and they're supporting us, but 
we are actually obsessed with all of their CBD products. I have three of their set, like different kinds of gummies in front of me, happy, focus, calm, and I have more rest on the way. And let me tell you, my dad loves the rest gummies. Both of my parents actually have like a hard time sleeping at night, as do I. And taking these gummies has really helped. And they are vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, organic, all that good stuff. And uh, we're going to hook you up too with a code, seeing other people. If you use that at checkout, you'll get 10% off and free shipping. So definitely treat the dad in your life, whether it's your dad, whether it's your dad's dad, whether it's a dog dad, whatever kind of dad, just... Just hook them up. They will be so grateful. They also have a lot of like really cool other products like drops and honey sticks and pain relievers. So there's something for every dad out there. Back to the app. How to Um, handle a massive crush on a coworker. Keep trying to be friends? Question mark. Dun, dun, dun. Keep trying to be friends. How to handle a massive crush on a coworker. I will take this one first. Do it. Hmm. (laughs) one if you're in an environment and you truly believe that it could work out with this coworker, and i mean truly not that you're like attracted to the allure that you cannot be with this person because i do feel like a lot of coworker crushes are only hot and fun because it's like i can't have this person therefore i want them therefore it's as fun and games and then when you get them you're like that was stupid or you fall in love. You're like, wait, we're passionate about the same thing. Hence our job. And like, we work really well together and like, this might work out and it might. And so that's why I'm not trying to discredit this because you never know people, tons of relationships come from this. So my advice to you would be, if you really think you're both single, there's like no major superiority issues, then like keep being friends. And then when it's very clear that it's a consensual mutual crush, Make a move. I don't think this whole like coworker, like never date a coworker thing is like a healthy mentality. It right. should be very cautiously analyzed. Yeah. But never date a coworker just means you're going to date a coworker at some point. Right. Yeah, I agree. I concur. Um, all right. I'm seeing three people I genuinely like and I don't know how to narrow my options. How can I do this? Well, first of all, congratulations on finding three people that you genuinely like. That's an accomplishment in itself. <laughs> um, I think you have to figure out what things you like about them because, and like, and honestly, like write a list, like put each person's name at the top and write a list about them because I think there are a lot of times where like we could like one person because we have a lot of fun with them or but like maybe we don't feel great in between the dates. Like maybe we feel anxious about them when we're not with them. And then another person you could feel totally just like yourself and like you can sit comfortably in silence and like be your total weirdest self with them. And then someone else, like maybe their life is just totally different than yours and you like seeing how the other half lives or something like that. So I think it's it's, it's important to figure out what, you actually like about each of them and and how you feel as as you as your most like truest form of you when you're with them um and one good thing you could do is uh our friend logan yuri the author of how to not die alone she has um in her book there's this thing she came up with called the post date eight it's also on her instagram at logan yuri and what it helps you do is um 
it helps you figure out exactly how you're feeling after a date. So you get rid of all like the minutia and all like the little fireworks and, and all that shit that's distracting. And it helps you really come to terms with and like narrow down what is really happening and, and how you feel about the person and how you feel about you when you're with the person. So I would try going on a date with each of them, like maybe in a week or so, and answering the post date eight after that and seeing what the results are. Yeah. And one thing I'll add is just that you, it also could help to figure out, <clears throat> excuse me, who's real about you. And like, basically what you don't want to have happen is like you break up with two of them. And then the one person you picked was like, wait, I don't like you. So then you just like kind of put yourself in a situation. So like if you can get any sort of clue, which can be, if, you know, made canon by our show, micro check in. Hey, I like you. I want to keep seeing you. I'm not saying we got to be in a relationship, but are you into that? And the person's like, yeah, I feel the same way. And it's sincere. That's going to be helpful for you to know. Mm-hmm. when making that decision. Very cool. Um, what do you text someone that's been breadcrumbing you? Talked for almost two months and they started backing away. And when comforted, they said they weren't ready for anything serious. Sorry, when confronted, I imagine. When confronted, yeah. they said they weren't ready for anything serious. So since then, they just drop into your life every couple of weeks and leave you on read, even if they started the conversation. What to text them the next time they reached out to call them out? I mean, I think you like you're clearly being breadcrumbed. They told you they're not ready for anything serious, but they are keeping you around on the back burner. And it's obviously something that's bothering you and on your mind. And I assume since you confronted them, you do want something serious. So I would just say like, hey, I know you mentioned you're not looking for anything serious, but you do keep like striking up conversations. I don't really want to be on your back burner or just someone on your roster, Mm, mm. but... I do enjoy hanging out with you. So if you have changed your mind, then great. Let's go out and see where things go. Otherwise, I'm just not interested in being that person that you casually text every few weeks. Yeah. Being upfront about what makes you happy about it, but like being super specific. Also, then like just stop responding. It's like, you know. Yeah. If it's really bothering you, like, yeah, that's we don't like that kind of person. This it's just seems like a bad situation. Yeah. Like you deserve better. I don't know you and you deserve better. You, yeah, we don't know you, but we know we, you deserve better. We literally don't know and who you are. We don't, so you deserve the best. You deserve maybe the best. we do know you. You Maybe we do know you, but on the document that we have in front of us with the questions, we just have the question and not your name. So we That's don't right. know you, but we know you deserve better. It's a Google Doc. It's just a list of... It's just a numbered list. There's no names, you know, but we, yeah. we know that you listen to our show. You deserve the best. Yep. You, de- you All deserve right. the best. Hi. Best um, long time, long time fan here. Oh, I want to read the same time. Hi. Hi. Long time, Long time fan, fan yeah. here. Sure. I have, I have a, a question, question for you. Question for you. How to, How tell, to tell a guy, a guy you, had you had fun hanging out, out with, with, him with him after a few dates, dates but, but still don't, don't feel, feel any, any physical, physical attraction, attraction without... Hurting, hurting his, his feelings. Okay, first feelings. of all, you added an extra word in there. I added you one added extra still. word. Um, okay. you, How to point. tell a guy you had fun hanging out with him after a few dates, but don't feel any physical attraction without hurting his feelings. You don't. I, you just need to tell him that you have had a really great time getting to know him, but you see more of a friend vibe and yeah. it, you don't feel the connection you're looking for. 
it's because hey, uh, here's because here's so the thing. Aw- you're so awesome. You're so fucking funny and cool. You're like really ugly, and I cannot be with right, you. Right. Like here's the thing is like if if it was something that like they're rude to wait staff or like they yeah. don't they they don't communicate or like they're just giving like you're if it's something that like they could actually improve on then that sometimes is a kind thing to like give that feedback but like they can't do anything about the what their physical attractiveness and like the way they look and like it so i think it would just be a really like like emotionally painful experience for someone to hear that and i think it could yeah. like really ruin their vibe for like dating people in the future and you know like somebody else is gonna find them physically attractive so i think you just you leave that part out in order to not hurt his feelings and what you do is really just say like you're glad you got to know each other but it you're not feeling yeah. what you're looking for you don't need to get in exactly i completely agree with you yeah Th- this one i'm gonna expedite and figure out who sent this in so i can make sure that quickly they- yeah. Yes, because this episode is going to be over a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do not say, and this goes for everybody though, you don't need to ever say I'm not physically attracted to somebody. You don't need to say yeah. that to them. Think about what do you want to receive? Would you want right. to receive that text? No. No. I would not go on a date for a very long time. Hey guys, so I started listening to your podcast recently. Yay, so I'm 42. And then in parentheses, I know, old. You're not old. That's not old. 42 is very young. Divorced, mom of two, and I hate it when men say things like hun or any kind of pet names. Am I psycho? It bothers me beyond belief. It's like, you don't know me. Don't call me that. It seriously makes me want to stop chatting with a guy. Am I crazy? Put it in perspective for me, please. Um, I think a lot of women share your uh, sentiment. And Mm -hmm. I don't know any guy that call women like pet names or hun unless it's like, ironically is a joke so like i think what the core of what i'm hearing is the way you're meeting these men needs to be changed i.e are you on some sort of app where that kind of vernacular might be common are you in an area of the world where there's still dudes out there being like hey hon can i can i interject Please. And disagree. Um, I oh, think okay. in, well, in theory, you think that the people that you know, and, and maybe the, the people in your circle are not calling people this, but I have had on every dating app on Hinge, on Bumble, on, I mean, I haven't been on Tinder in like since like, when it first came out, but like on every mm-hmm. dating app, I've had guys who are very similar to like you say like, hey, babe, or like, hey, cutie, hey, sexy, hey, hun to me as like their first message and sexy yes and it and i i agree with with um the woman who wrote this in like it makes me so uncomfortable and that's something like i would never like respond to um i think if there's someone like you're talking to for a bit and then they bring it like whip it out and it's not necessarily the first thing they say and before that you were interested i think it's okay to say like I don't love pet names. Like you can just say that and then, yeah. and then they should hopefully yeah. be receptive to that and not say it again. I don't think you're crazy, but I also wouldn't write it off as a complete deal breaker. If it's like, if ever, there are other positive things about the person you're talking to or seeing. Um, but I would just, I would give it a shot of communicating that you don't like being called those things. And um, if they're receptive to that and, and respect that, then thumbs up. And the annoying crazy part is that, I'm sure the guy is doing it because wherever, however they were raised, they think that this is what she wants to hear. 
mm-hmm. which is like insane. I I am so I guess I'm not surprised to hear that Alana, you have come across situations where guys will say, "Hey, cutie, hey, sexy, hey, hon." Like, Ugh. like unless in in my mind, I would only say it ironically. But of course, if I did that on an app, that would never come across ironically right. because tone is unpredictable, you know, in yeah. these things. But you have to imagine why else would they be saying it? They're on an app to meet someone cool. So that's not going to make them cool to say that. Therefore, in their mind, they're thinking this will make me cool, which doesn't make any sense. So it sucks. Anyway, but yeah, you don't don't you're not crazy. And uh, Alana's advice is great. Here we go. All right. We have two uh, emailed questions. So uh, I'll take the first one. I have a great match from Bumble. You know, when someone is like too good, like totally my type, tall, nerdy, into movies and music, sarcastic and checking all my little boxes, LOL. Well, we matched and chatted fairly briefly until he asked me to have a phone call over the app the next day. Like he set the date and the time and he actually called at that time on that day and we had an awesome conversation. Then after the talk, he texted me and set another date and time for a FaceTime date, which was yesterday. And it was again great and easy. We chatted for hours. I don't have all my eggs in one basket, but he's really great and I'd love to keep talking and go out once he's fully vaccinated in a few weeks. Here's the issue. Not really an issue. I just don't understand. He doesn't text like at all. He makes a plan, sticks to it, and we don't really talk in between dates. Kind of weird, right? Or no. It honestly doesn't bother me, but what bothers me is that I know that's not usually the case, so I don't know how to take it. I think maybe I got one text in between a date and he asked about my three favorite movies and then he came to our FaceTime date and had watched all of them so we could talk about them. He's really so nice, but the texting thing makes me unsure of how to read it. Everything I Googled, LOL, I know, I'm sorry, says if he doesn't text, he isn't interested. But then again, he already set up our next time to chat. Oh my God. This is such a great email because it is highlighting a, a huge huge issue in the modern dating space yep first off this guy's awesome and he's super into you this guy's incredible yeah this guy's better than any other person 99 percent of our listeners have never yep. encountered a guy as good as this guy this guy is thoughtful this guy is genuine this guy is thoughtful he sticks to his plans he makes plans he's initiated and i'm sitting here clinching my desk because it is in the zeitgeist that if a guy doesn't text, he's not interested. And you're about to overlook the fact that he's literally done so many amazing things. It's like, it's right in front of you. He watched every movie. He watched every movie. He asked you your favorite you movies. you said you liked. He, so that he, you could, could talk about that. That's he, beautiful. He made plans. He made plans. He kept the plans. He asked you your favorite movies. He watched the three movies he liked. And he's tall. <laughs> this is a guy that you marry. Yeah. Um, let's be very clear. As the male co-host of the show, this guy sounds like he really is like obsessed with you. Yeah. I don't text. Famously, I don't text, but I also don't do the FaceTime thing. So like this guy's already got that thing going. He probably has a busy job. Maybe he doesn't have his phone connected to his computer. Maybe he's got fat fingers like I do. Therefore, texting is annoying. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just a better facial communicator. Whatever yeah. it is, please, 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 please. Stay off Google. Don't WebMD this. It's like, yeah. And remember, like if, if it's something, clearly it's something that you're overthinking and and getting like anxious and and nervous about you. It seems like he's very genuine and and very considerate. And I'm sure he would be under like, understand if you just brought it up and like, you're not a texter, are you? And I'm sure he would be like, I'm not like, but I hope that's okay. And you could be like, yeah, I just, like you can like, or you could also let him know that like you are a texter or something. Just like if you said you needed a text from him every day, I have no doubt that this guy would send you a text every day. 
Yeah, if he watched, if he spent six hours watching your three favorite movies, he can send you a text. But you should communicate that rather than like keep it internally and Google yes. what it means when he's not texting you. Which is like, come on, like you Google, you have a cough. It's going to tell you you're going to die in three days. Do you believe it? <laughs> um, no. no. But this sounds like it's going really well. We appreciate you writing this in. And I would also say, off Alana's recommendation, have that conversation over FaceTime. Do not yes. text him. No. Do not do not text him saying, hey, sounds like you don't text very much. <laughs> um, that's like being in a bar and being like, hey, heard you're sober. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like do it on FaceTime, get the vibe. But uh, congratulations on finding the one. Really proud yeah. of you. He's, this is a prize. I can't wait for the wedding. A friend and I met during an internship in NYC, and we've kept in touch over the past couple of years, often starting conversations back and forth about our academic interests and questions. We graduated from our individual undergrads, and I moved to another city and ended up working with our internship supervisor's boyfriend, very small world, as they had just moved to. He and I had a bet going on when our former supervisor and her boyfriend would get engaged. I cried wolf a few times, but I was finally right last September when I was involved in organizing the proposal. It was really cute and lovely and sweet. But before that happened, my friend made a, pr made a promise to take him as a plus one if I was invited to the wedding. He was in a relationship at the time and I was just getting out of a relationship. So I said, sure. Interesting. Fast forward, two, fast forward nearly two years. He's now single and has turned into my crush of convenience as I'm single too. I, I know love him. that crush of convenience. Yeah, I know him... <laughs> Only in an academic work setting, but he's been he's been a steady crush throughout the pandemic, and I have a feeling it may go away as soon as I see him in person. So, do I remind him of the promise and invite him as my plus one to the to this wedding, and possibly live out my own romantic comedy in case the crush is legit a crush on both sides, or do I let it slip under the rug because we we aren't talking as consistently as we used to, and we're probably just better off as friends who meet up at conferences once or twice a year. I feel awkward knowing I had this crush and that the engaged couple have told me multiple times that they would love to see the two of us date. So I'm not sure where to start. I do have a completely... I do have a little bit of time before the RSVP is due. So I thought I'd ask two people who are completely unbiased in the situation and give dating advice for a living. <laughs> Great story. Um, yeah, this is amazing. One million percent ask him to be a plus one because here's the thing. You have nothing to lose because it can be like a friendly plus one where you two go as friends because you have this mutual connection with the couple who's getting married and like, why not? And worst case, you guys have a great time as friends. Best case, you have a great time and something happens. Yeah, I completely agree. It's a you very have nothing simple... to lose. And I understand there's a lot of value in like typing these things out and, and having another person's advice. And so we're here to tell you it's very clear to us. Very, very clear. Invite him to the wedding. Great story. Nothing to lose. Great rom-com. I'm officially going to make that into a movie. Thank you for writing it in. And great question. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I like this great, concise, practical episode. You know, I think this is the first time that we got through our entire list of things to talk about. And that in itself, but also got through our entire list of things to talk about under our goal time which is perfect it means we Holy shouldn't shit. keep people any longer with our dawdling <laughs> and our long exits but we do appreciate everyone who writes us in as always we do love these q a episodes feel free to write us in an email a short question you can do that on instagram uh, or seeing other people podcast at gmail.com 
Support us on Patreon if you'd like. If not, simply sharing this podcast, going to podcasts and rating us five stars with some nice comments really goes a long way. So just take a moment, moment, and please do either that, share or rate. Give us a nice review. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday.